Do you have a beer warehouse, Nate? Is that what you said? Yes, and it has a bunch of craft beers all from all over the country. Um, I'm currently brewing a local one by me, Lake George, New York. Brewed with Crew Coffee, which is a local coffee roaster in Syracuse, or Syracuse, Saratoga, New York. And this is called Bolton Landing Brewing Company, Urban Lumberjack. It's an imperial stout brewed with maple syrup, coffee, and vanilla beans. I need, I need to drink tonight. Tahitian vanilla beans. Lumberjack by uh, Bolton Landing. Bolton Landing. I'm sorry, I'm typing, everybody, I'm typing. Made in the Adirondacks, baby. Made in the Adirondacks, which I've never been to, by the way, ever. Well, I've never, the farthest upstate I've been is Albany, and that was just a straight shot. So I really don't know anything about your state at all. It's the foothills of the Adirondacks right there. I'm going to travel up there. I'm going to travel up and see you, and I probably never make it back. I'm going in. I'm going in. Tell me what it's like. Ooh. Oh man, you make me drink tonight. I'm back on the wagon. I like worked out for an hour and a half, kicked ass. I uh, put on some new Evanescence. They just came out with a new album out of like mm. after God knows how long, twenty mm-hmm. years, and it's really good. It's really good. I don't doubt that. Out. Yeah, and then uh, for you um, Jesus lovers out there, Maverick City, this Maverick City Church or something. They make amazing. Worship music and Elevation Church, which, uh, well, I'm not exactly a fan of the pastor there. I mean, he does he does really good. Is that um, that Furyk guy or Furtick? Furtick, yeah, he does great. Furtick. He does great. He's he's just a hype priest, you know, with the thousand mm. dollar shoes, or whatever. But I love their music right. and I like his messages. <laughs> and they combined the two churches combined to do this massive like fu COVID. We don't care. We're gonna have fifty people in a room singing. <laughs> They were all got tested. They were all tested negative, apparently. And they made an album out of it. Maverick City mm-hmm. and then Elevation. And uh, that's coming out soon. But Evanescence, I put that on and I did virtual boxing. I was like punching mm-hmm. away all my... I was just rocking it for an hour and... Like hour and 15 minutes. Back yeah. in the game, I hadn't worked out in a week. Not too bad. I mean... Yeah. And I was eating donuts. Well, that's, you know. Yeah, but I managed to lose two pounds. Hey, go, go figure. Calories hey. is calories, right? That, that's true. That is true. Yeah. And I just, hey, you know. however you do it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I had donuts, but I you know, also ate tons of salad and fish. So it all worked out and it all works out. Didn't drink a lot. Didn't have anything to drink this week that I remember. You know, but uh, this week. You did it right. You did it right. I did awesome. it right. Well, I did it you. right. So uh, this is going to air a week from now. This is episode nine mm. of On the Shores, um, and uh, Chris is going to be gone. We're also, I'm probably also going to record one in the middle there. So we're going to have a couple. Yeah, I'm going to, I mean, this will air a week from now, but I'm I'm going yeah. to uh, South Carolina tomorrow. South Carolina tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Hope you make it back in one piece. Well, we'll see. That's a fun. <laughs> that's, that's a fun I, time. Down be there. Episode ten. <laughs> episode ten. Chris crawls back from South Carolina. Or, hey, episode 10 from South Carolina. Chris never came back. <laughs> <laughs> I would have a field day down that, like the South. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Y'all, 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 you Southern, are y'all down there? You know, there's a new Siri voice that's coming out in iOS 14.5. They made them huh. genderless, 
So um, they're just uh, by name only. They're not male, female. There's just four different kinds. And one of them is like a southern one. Mm. Kind of have a southern southern Siri talking to you. Southern Siri. Southern Siri. I'd be listening to that all day with my sweet tea. Southern Siri sounds like she's a a girl I like to take out on a date. Yeah, Southern (laughs) Siri is sassy. She's sassy. (laughs) I got a friend uh, that I work with in uh, Georgia. And uh, he very southern accent, very you know like this. And uh, right. after before every <clears throat> meeting, I'd start. He he would break out these southernisms on his own. He's like, "Man, it's hotter than a, you know, hotter than a dog in a doghouse on the Fourth of July." And so one day I printed them all out. I found them on like uh, Google, and I started opening meetings, like a quarter billion dollar project. And I'd open it up, make doing his voice. You know, yeah, anybody got some sweet tea in here? Because it's hotter than the surface of the sun on, on Sunday. Something like that. So, uh, love the South. I love you, all of you in the South, if you're listening. Mm. I love you. I'd love to move down there someday. Yes. I'm not going to lie. Just love everybody. The, the Civil War is over, so get over that part. Okay. But other yeah. than that. Thoroughly. Thoroughly. We're from over. the North. We're from the North. We believe in freedom. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I suggested <laughs> we're supposed to have uh, one of uh, Chris's esteemed friends on here, Phil, to talk about history <laughs> and stuff. But Phil couldn't make it. He'll be on another time. Phil, you better join yeah. us. Don't listen to me right now. Now you're coming. You're coming. You're coming on the show. He runs the. Um, yeah, he he ended up having to uh, record an episode uh, of the missing chapter. We had our music chapter. teacher who had a great World War Two. Um, story that i can't can't spoil but it was fantastic because some feats the capabilities of what some humans can do in certain circumstances are i mean unbelievable and so i just discovered for that that podcast i have a new episode coming out soon about the uh what the germans call nachthexen which in english translates as the night witches and um, they were a bombing regiment of the Soviet military that was composed of all women. And they only struck behind German enemy lines at mm. nighttime. And they used a very crude airplane of 1920s design to evade um, detection and radar. And as such, a lot of them, the casualty rate was, was quite high. But I have a, uh, um, a specific lady who I want to, whose story I want to make more famous, um, a woman, a Russian girl of the name Nadia Popova, who was one of these bombers, and she got shot down in the Caucasus region um, and uh, behind German enemy lines. And on her, as she descended and was trying to reach, you know, Russian lines, she just, she saved another Soviet pilot um, whom she ended up marrying after the war. There you go. So, like, imagine that. Also, oh, how'd you meet? Oh, uh, well, we were both um, fighting the Nazi war machine, and we both got shot down and somehow didn't die. And we met. We, uh, I don't know, evaded Nazis for miles, and then we came back home and joined the war effort. When they were defeated, we got married. That's a great story. That's a fantastic story. And there's more to it, but, you know, I'll have to save it for that. But, yeah, it's it's some mm. of these... Stories you would think that they're honestly scripted, written by some Hollywood scriptwriter, you know, just because it's like that. That there's no way that could have happened, but yeah, it did. It did. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it I, did. I, 
I, I, I say, um, I learned this from Matt Allard. I'm going to give a shout out to newsshooter.com. He'll probably never hear this, but I'm going to tell him about the show. Um, Matt um, is a newsshooter.com is, is for like filmmakers and people that make well news, but also do documentaries. And one, once he told me there's a, there's a big uh, trend on YouTube has been for many years of like young cinematographer types who make like beautiful, I've done it too, beautiful like slow motion video and everything with no cohesive story or point at all. So that can be art, that's fine, Mm -hmm. but really like good art invokes a feeling or emotion or discussion about something because it's an expression that has a point. And when you tell stories, uh, you want to have a character in conflict. So you're Nadia's story. I'm looking at her name. Nadia. Yeah, it's when you anglify it, it translates to Nadia. Okay, Nadia. Her last name. Yeah. Popova. Nadia. Popova. I can do a Russian accent very well. I am Vladimir Ilyevich Putin. I don't even know his last name. But character and conflict. That's a great story. It's got both. Yeah. Why do I care about yeah. this character? And this is another show, but why do I care about this character and what are they going through? You know, so either a great art invokes something about conflict and character or it, 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 a great story has character and conflict. Absolutely. I wrote a script. I'm still working on a script with uh, uh, to, to Janelle Megan. She does another podcast, uh, Cause and Creation, about the creative process. Uh, that's a good one. And she's on that. And I recommend that. I'm working on a script that she's going to star in. I've been working on it for years. COVID, you know, I lost a whole year with COVID. Right, right. But uh, originally it was like a trailer. It was like a movement. And I ran it past her and a Hollywood uh, um, Hollywood caliber screenwriter who I'm, I, uh, is sister of one of my friends who's a photographer. And she said, this is great as a movement, but it's just a moment in time. So where's the story? So I have to deep back and dig in and, and to develop and flesh out the character more. Why does she do what she do? And why, why do these, but it's a, it's a get together story about an older man, a younger woman, and she's a behavior analyst of some kind. And there's a whole thing like lost in translation. It's a whole thing. I don't want to ruin it before I even finish it, but character and conflict. And one of the things that great characters have people in conflicts is when you have the situation where you have to trust your gut. And that's what I want to talk about today. Because if I have trusted, if I had trusted my gut, which we've talked about in the past, could be the Holy Spirit. It could be your mind. It's really your mind. But there's something about trusting your gut that uh, when you don't do it, and what it is and what it isn't, by the way, um, it can screw you or lead you to bad experiences, especially when you're dealing with people, you know, in situations. So most people, myself included, do not do this, and uh, I wanted to to talk about what does it actually mean to trust your gut, and should you really do it, and what it came from. So if you don't mind, before you start talking, um, because I I love your voice, I'm going to get you a better microphone. I'm looking at this uh, page from healthline.com, and they just talk about, like, trust your gut. What's it, you know, what is it? Oh, it's your... The hunch, the gut feeling, intuition, intuition, exactly, and and you know they define it like a gut feeling, uh, attention, goosebumps, butterflies, a pink pit in your stomach, a flash of clarity, 
thoughts that keep returning to a specific person or situation or feelings of, of peace or happiness uh, after making a decision. They come on suddenly. They're not always overwhelming. It's kind of like the hairs on the back of your neck. It can be good or bad. It can be good or bad. Um, and I had to read this. And where it came from, like what are gut feelings? A friend of mine said, well, it's, that's your mind. It's your brain telling you without saying exactly, like looking at you and go, don't do this. Go, don't date this person. Don't buy that. You know, don't eat that. Mm. Your brain, I think it's God, trying to kind of guide you in, in, into what, what works and what doesn't for you. And originally it was, you know, d- d- don't, you get sick. You get nausea. You get um, stomach pain. You don't eat that. So I want to talk about this uh, trusting your gut because trusting your gut can go the wrong way too. You can start to trust what you think is your gut, but you don't have any information, you know? Right. And it could be mm-hmm. anxiety mm-hmm. and be paranoia. Um, it, it's not based on fact. Like, so when you should trust your gut, when you shouldn't, and, and, and a bigger conversation about what that means. So what, what what's trust your gut mean to you? If I say, hey, trust your gut, uh, Trust your intuition, Chris. Ooh. I, I, right. put, I put you in a situation. Yeah, first I'm going to – you hear that all the time in so many different contexts. First, I'm going to separate trusting your gut from listening to the Holy Spirit. They're not the same thing whatsoever because the Holy Spirit, biblically speaking, is a person of the Trinity, is an aspect and essence of God, and is completely – one with God in, in character, in intent and vision. And so we're basically talking about God when we say that. When that, that's, you know, Holy Spirit revelation is way different than trusting your gut. Biblically, we're told not to even trust our hearts, which is trust our gut, because our heart is deceivingly wicked. Well, no, um, your gut is not your heart. It's totally different. I, I don't think it is, because your gut, your intuition, it's your conscience. It's your, it, it, it is your intuition. It's your, it's a collective of, to me, of your thoughts, experiences, fears, yes. hopes, dreams, yeah, yeah, and yeah. all those things compose your, who you are. It's part of, part of who you are. Um, and so there are times when, if it's composed of who we are, we have to fundamentally ask, well, are we good? Are we kind of good? Are we bad? Hmm. And, that conclusion, I think, will dictate a lot of how much merit you give to just, for example, trusting your gut. You know, there are some people who I know who are like, oh, I just trust how I feel. And I just do something. It's like, well, would you think at all? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what is that? What, what does that even mean? Um, so to me, trusting your gut is very synonymous with your conscience. What, you know, what is your subconscious or your outright conscience reinforcing? Or, you know, helping throw up a red flag in an issue. And, you know, there's so many checks and balances with this stuff. Because I feel like, so as an athlete, when you prepare, you know, for a big game, you have your feeling of like, okay, is this team like, you know, we prepared for them. What if they kick my ass? Like, maybe we're going to get your ass kicked. But then you have to check that and be like, well, no, no, you know, we prepared. What if we beat them? What if, you know, maybe they should be feeling like this. And it's like, it's almost like you're warring with yourself. And not maybe warring, but you're discerning and weighing the information with yourself. Almost like you're having a conversation with yourself, right? 
Right. Um, um, right. It's, it's, it's an actual conversation spoken with a different language, not usually words. Words can be part of it, but it's with your emotions. It's with, um, I, it's with, it's with your, your knowledge, your wisdom, and all that collective accumulated experience you sift out and you come to a conclusion. And sometimes you either check your gut and you say, Nope, not listening to you or only listening to you in context to this um, degree, or you're saying, nope, you're absolutely right. I am not, this is whatever I was about to do. No way in heck am I going to do it? Cause my gut just told me, and I, I it, it's right. You know, I gotta, this is a bad, bad direction I'm going in right now. I got to turn, turn around. Um, you see what's on my screen. I, I, I think I'm sharing do. it. Right? This is from that article. Like you said, the, a lot of gut feelings are based on um, exi- the things that you've experienced before. Right. They should right. be. Anyway, they should be. There's enough, right. enough section to this, right? But they should be. Um, but you can't really experience truly knowledge, take wisdom, them. experience, knowledge, wisdom, things <clears throat> you've gone for, gone through before. That you can chalk yourself out of it. There, there are a lot of these. So there's many kinds of gut mm-hmm. feelings. So right, you're right. Right. you could say, "Well, go with your gut." Well, I just didn't feel it. Yeah. Okay. Why? I don't know. Okay. Or I was scared. I was scared of that situation. Why? I mean, it's probably a good reason you're mm-hmm. scared. Probably a good reason. So I shouldn't make fun of it. But why? You know. And and and, and right. Right. There's something there, and I think the the chasm, the jump is where did this gut feeling come from? Sometimes mm-hmm. it's things that are so subconscious you don't even realize it. Well, I feel like sometimes our subconscious or our character, however you want to phrase this, it wars against ourselves. Like, for example, how about during temptation? You know, when you're tempted to do something, you want to do something, but your gut checks you, and then your brain's like trying to like weigh, you know, the pros and cons of making a certain choice. And you, you know, you either go in one direction or the other, obviously, but, um, you know, yeah. So I, would you consider temptation to be separate from the gut and not the gut, not the gut going bad, but rather something separate. Entirely? Something separate. Like in this article, I thought it was a good article, but they, they go, okay. So a lot of this gut feeling stuff is good. I mean, we teach this, uh, in my you know, Homeland security world, uh, a lot of this, of discovery of, I can't really say much, but you know, bad behavior is, is, is based on your gut. Mm-hmm. You go with your gut. But the gut is based on experience. So, you know, what doesn't belong or what, what seems out of place. And when you're walking down the street, forget, I don't want to talk too much about my job, but you're walking down the street and you send something off or, or you're a producer and you're producing a scene, you're directing a scene and you send something's off. You have to be able to like articulate what it's got to be an articulable belief of what you think is wrong. That's the mm-hmm. chasm you have to jump versus this, which is gut feelings versus anxiety and paranoia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you're right, suspicious, right. Uh, you're nervous, you're like worried, you know. A paranoia, it says down here, is not based on fact. It's a rational, it's an irrational suspicion of others, people, situations. Right, people. right. And you, you don't know. You're just like, ah, I'm afraid. You know, or I've had a bad day and I have anxiety. Uh, these, this is what you're talking about. This is kind of like, this is, it could be the heart. Even you could say, well, my heart right. feels, 
It, it can be positive anxiety. It can be negative anxiety. It can be paranoia. It's things that are not based on fact and reality. So I think when when someone says trust your gut, when I I say it, we say it in our business, we say it in creativity. I say it to myself all the time. Um, you really have to kind of be able to articulate the very real thing mm-hmm. and experience that you are observing. You know, right. as as a guidepost to help you make a decision. Yeah, yeah. and that, that makes sense. And I think that's why, for example, we would say, you know, you would trust a veteran in something or an experienced person in something more than the guy that was or the girl that was just hired, right? Like because right. their gut, what does their gut know in in this context? Like not much because they don't have the experience or, or the the knowledge of both success and failure to thus help refine their gut sensitivity, you know? Yeah, very, um, well, very well put. And so I feel like one thing we hear a lot, like I feel like exactly, like especially in like our pop culture is like, you know, be happy, trust your heart, do what you want. Yeah. And that <laughs> should yeah. be taken with such context, with like such a, you know, grain of salt because your gut is in a way, in, in, again, in my view, it's like an extension of yourself. It's limited though. It's limited and imperfect. It's not by any means something, you know, <laughs> that you just mm. inquire to as if it was all knowing and just follow blindly or yeah, mindlessly. Yeah, no, yeah. sometimes you got to put the gut in check, you know, and sometimes the gut's got to put you, you in check. check. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's real paranoia. Um, so how about this anxiety or, or the best wishful thinking? Yeah. If we talk about a situation where maybe we feel truly lost, like maybe we're in a, a situation where knowledge doesn't come through. We don't have the experience and yet the gut has its opinion. And perhaps maybe in what? situations like that, the gut is worth, it's valley. You know what I'm saying? Uh, well, I mean, there's this innate. Mm. I'm writing. I'm writing down what, what to do when you don't have knowledge, but you still have a feeling. You know, um, right? You, you really have to uh, the gut check, as you will, as you said, the gut check. Um, you really have to assemble where these feelings are coming from. There are built-in protective systems in human beings and thought processes. This whole system, the limbic system, which is something you don't control. It's the fight, freeze, or flight thing. Like, am I going to be eaten by this lion? Am I going to die in the fire? And these are like self-preservation things. It's why people lie. It's why they do all kinds Mm -hmm. of stuff. Because Mm -hmm. they just... uh, Body language, which we should do a whole episode on because it's fascinating. It's, It's true. I learned it from this guy, Joe Navarro, what everybody is saying. It's a book. But I also went to a like an in-person meeting with him at work, mm-hmm. which just goes over the book, um, mm-hmm. essentially. So it's public knowledge, but it's fascinating because how accurate it is based on this limbic system, this theory that you will not expose your body to things which you feel are a threat, you know, mm-hmm. in some form mm-hmm. or fashion. So coming back to like, what do you do when you don't have the knowledge, but you have the feeling, like the the gut check? And the and the right. feeling can be a positive one where we project onto people, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, Chris, you are amazing. You're the most wonderful teacher I've ever had in my life. 
and you are just the most wonderful man. And I, and I just met you like it's day one, mm. but I know, I know you're, you're it. That's wishful thinking. It might be correct, but it's wishful thinking. It's my projection onto you as I think you're going to be the best, greatest teacher in history. Right. You know, right. but I'm forming an opinion based on all my other experiences, you know, it's just kind of a gut feeling. Yeah. Experiences, Maybe. hopes, dreams, that hopes, kind of stuff. Dreams. Sometimes I think we project more due to hopes and dreams rather than experience because experience tends to be maybe more negative and we hope and desire something that's better. Mm. So we project, mm. um, I feel like that happens a lot with relationships, especially perhaps even in the beginning. Oh yeah. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the relationships this is, this is a huge part of it. Got, yeah. you know, right. Uh, of all kinds, right. relationships of all kinds. Right, 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 right. You know, it could be like, is this job right for me? Is this uh, a friendship I want to have? Is, of course, mm-hmm. this is a person I want to date. That's a big one. Um, and it's tough. I talked about that in Red, Red, Red Flag Dating Stories. My mm-hmm. son got a kick out of that backup, by the way. <laughs> he's like, you did what? I said, yeah, he's 11. I've Red Flag Dating <laughs> Stories. He goes, you must have a lot of them. <laughs> I got a, a lot of them. Older. Why, yes, son, I do. <laughs> yes, oh my gosh, yes. I mean, here's this is a general one, but this is a good piece of advice when you're trying to figure out if you should form a you should I said form a relationship, but start on the road to forming a relationship is whether uh, you feel a sense of uh, that you're valued in this conversation. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. It, I mean, this is very simple, very elemental. But a lot of people don't do this because they are projecting their feelings and their, um, what was it, wishful thinking onto other Mm. people. So they form a story of something that doesn't exist based on another person. could be by their looks or what they do or whatever. Instead of, like, listening to the facts. I used to do this a lot. So you would, uh, before you date someone... um, you would like have a conversation with them, maybe a FaceTime or something, maybe a coffee. And you, you just kind of see if there's a good rapport, if you can talk, if you guys get along well, if you, mm-hmm. you know, they're, the, the body language is open. People are, you know, touching, like jokingly touching your hand. Like there's something going on. If before that date or before that happens, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, let's have a date. Okay, I'll see you in two weeks. And then nothing happens whatsoever between then and the date, you don't have a conversation, you don't have a playful text, you don't share a picture. Should be a lot, should not be a lot because that's for the date, but it should be something. I found right, my right. experience is if nothing happens bet- between then and that date, then you should not date that person. Now, I'll get a lot of, I'm not yeah, gonna push back yeah. from this, but it generally shows a very a lack of interest. You can have the opposite problem too. Right, well, there's no follow-up, I feel like. And if there's no follow-up, then there's no desire to, okay, well, I want to see, that was great. Let's do more. Oh, like, or, I mean, every... prior to the first date. Right. Never, oh. never mind the second date. Prior to the first date. Okay. You know, there should be Post-first date. Oh, post-first date, I think, if there's no follow-up, it's just, it is your answer. I mean, I think when you have a, you know, you make a dish for someone, they have a bite and then they don't, they're like, oh, that was great. And then they put the dish down and never touch it again. And you're like, oh, whoa, what? How great could it have truly been? Um, unless you survive off of 30 calories a day and then, you know, one spoonful is enough. But that's not also any human being that's truly biologically human. <laughs> so, I know that's why I feel like eating more after I have salad. 
Mm-hmm. You can't sell high-bound salad. I mean, they make beautiful baked salads. They're beautiful. They're huge, large, beautiful salads. Call them basses, big-ass salad. Um, but sometimes they can't sustain you. You need to have a little bit of extra protein. You know, you need to add a, a burger right. to the salad. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do that. Um, but <laughs> burger salad. But, like, uh, what we're really good is salmon. I'm totally off the, 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 the point. But, yeah, I mean, that is a gut feeling because you don't really know the person. You're like, well, I don't know. Like, But it's telling you your basic fast experience of life that if someone pays zero mind to you whatsoever mm-hmm. before your date or, or, or I've talked about this before, the opposite when it's all just like your love bomb central, like, my God, you're so amazing. I can't wait to see you. And they don't know you. Either, either like extreme, you know, might be informative to 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 think about what you're going to do. Right. Um. And I've had, both, I've had both experiences. I've had both experiences where, of course, someone they make a date with you just to collect date because they want a date. They want to go out. I mean, I've done that, and then they don't they don't say anything before the day. Nothing. And. You just get that text at like five o'clock, like, yo, so we still meeting tonight or yeah, meeting yeah. At, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh You're always like, cancel. Are we? <laughs> always cancel. Like if you get a if you don't want to, if you don't feel it, cancel with the person. Be nice. Or or, or and, and I'm saying this to the guys too. If you don't feel it, just have the decency to to cancel it. Your gut feeling tells you no. Right. Cancel it. And you can't explain it, but it's just like you know when we should do a whole episode on relationships, but if someone is interested in you, they will put forth an effort to get to know you somehow, even if they're extremely busy. Right. They'll make right. an effort of some kind mm-hmm. to get in touch with you. They'll text you. They'll say hi. They'll want to have a conversation. They'll ask you how you're doing <laughs> at least once <laughs> before that date <laughs> and <laughs> afterwards, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. For sure. The silence is 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 deadly in that situation. So go what you got. Don't even waste your time. Conversely, if someone love bombs you and thinks you're like amazing and they have no data to support that, they're just going off a rejection, something they want. They they love and that to me, I, my first thought as a guy when that ha- when that's happened and that's happened a couple times, I tend to think, okay, who wounded you? Mm. You know who who hurt you. <laughs> Because you're seeking something that you liked from a prior relationship, but not the bad stuff, obviously. And you're trying to get that back. And you're doing it by projecting onto me, you know, just because I said, oh, by the way, you know, you say like, good morning, beautiful. And they're like, oh, my God, you said beautiful. You said good morning. Oh, my God. My, no one's ever done that. No one's ever said anything like that before. No one's ever. It's like, oh, okay. I mean, that's, that's awesome. But something also feels a little off. Like, and, and perhaps some people just generally haven't been treated in a dignified manner. And that's sad, incredibly sad because everyone deserves that. Um, not just any like romantic or prospective romantic relationship, but you know, that those are friends, family, uh, they very acquaintances, whatever. The experiences are are portable. They're definitely portable, um, between relationships of business relationships, friend relationships, family relationships. Mm -hmm. And of course, uh, romantic relationships. Um, they're all, they're all kind of related because, there's, there's influences. Um, you know, you, would you say your gut feelings are tied into your principles and values? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
they're based on experience, but they're also principles and values, like what my boundaries are, what I will and will not accept. For example, someone that mm-hmm. does the things we just talked about, either leans on too strong and uh, what's too strong is a whole other episode or, or, or doesn't lean in at all. They don't seem to care, you know, right, um, right. there's no back and forth. There's no back and forth of any kind. Doesn't have to be a lot of back and forth. People are busy, but there's have to be something before and after your date or your business meeting or whatever. Well, I think you said before, you know, it goes to show if you're any good relationship on, no matter what kind of relationship it is, is, you know, you want to feel valued in some way and in different ways in a relationship, you want to feel valued and you want that shown and expressed in a different way than you would like you and I, or me and a student, you know what I'm saying? Um, and, and you and I will be different than me and the student because our, you know, friendship and what, what gradient of friend you are all matters and is relevant to that. But mm-hmm. you want to, it's that being valued aspect of it. That is so crucial and key when someone doesn't feel valued, you know, mm-hmm. it's uh, almost game over. <laughs> You're in a, you know, that's, 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 a, that's a hard rut to dig out of. For either party, I think. My, my, my core advice to anybody, and we've talked about this many times, I talked about this in the Beautiful Ugliness of Love episode where I, I, I said, you got to love yourself. Not, mm-hmm. not narcissistically, but you have to love yourself. You have to value yourself first. Um, and and uh, I talk about the relationship with God, too, because it's a big part of that. But if I say secular... Um, Either way, you still have to value yourself and, and not right. seek out value in what other people think of you. That's like mm-hmm. the big problem with society today and probably forever is like my definition of my worth is from looking me over my sh- me looking over my shoulder and trying to see, you know, what the other person thinks. That will kill you. <laughs> or looking on your phone and seeing what other people yeah. think. Instagram attention. I saw in a dating like profile once the girl literally said, um, I'm looking for attention, like literally wrote it in the profile. I was like, okay, well, can you look in the mirror and give yourself some attention? Can you get it from your friends and your family? Like, what is the end of who wounded you? It's perfect. Is it society? Is it society? Who or what? Yeah. It could be a what too. You know, it's not a victimology thing. It's just like, what? is eating away at you and what is causing you to feel this way, to want to, uh, to, to, to latch on to a relationship of someone or something or to follow yeah. someone or something, or be part of the, be a groupie or whatever it is. Like, why, uh, do you, do you feel this way? And just ask the question, you know, what right, this right. site, I got it highlighted here on your screen. It says when you lack data, like you have a gut feeling. And right, it, right, and, and it, it, it might not always point to facts, you know, or you might have some data but not enough. You're trying to choose between two job offers. That's right. paper. Like, what do you do? Emotions. They suggest on this. I say pray, but in this site, they suggest that you, you, uh, you kind of go with your feeling because there's probably something behind it that will lead you in a direction that will work best for you. Right. I would say this. Ultimately, I treat my gut as I would a counselor. Mm. You know, you're there to help check me. Um, 
not everything you say has to be taken with mind. You know, you don't mindlessly just accept it, but you listen to it, you process it, you see if you can uh, benefit from it. And if it's, you know, the thing with your gut is that I feel like it, you need more than just it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't just go through me, myself and I, cause that's basically what your gut is, you know? Um, yep. And, uh, you know, there's wisdom in having many counselors <laughs> and not just, just one. Um, but even still in situations where you can't, you don't have the, uh, the opportunity to have many or much input from other people necessarily, or from trusted mentors or friends, family, whatever. Um, it is still me. nice to have your gut, right? It's still nice to have that, that intuition to have conversation with. I think you you have to look at the totality of what your gut is saying and why it's saying that. And I think same thing with the counselor. You want to know their intent. You want to know their intent. Mm -hmm. If I have a good friend, I I trust them because their intent isn't to tell me what I want to hear, but rather what I need to hear. It's about getting, it's about what's best for me in this situation. And that's not always maybe what I want necessarily. So you trust that 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 input is impartial wise and uh well, trustworthy right right yeah. right yeah exactly um, if your life if you have a licensed counselor they're going to tell you more trustworthy information based because they're legally obliged to guide you in a certain way yeah versus a friend who might try to just make you feel good because they're a friend and it's a good friend does or right a good question to ask especially if someone says something's mm-hmm. wrong especially if it's a woman asking or venting to you mm-hmm. um do you want my advice or do you just want me to listen you know, same thing with friends, really. Right, right. A lot of times people don't want advice. They just want to want to vent it out. So they can process in a back and forth with a friend or a lover what their gut is telling them or not yeah. telling them. There's a processing that has to go And sometimes on. that's all you need to do. I mean, sometimes I feel like, sometimes, you know, there's been many times when I've been meditating or ruminating on something like that word, ruminate. ruminate. Um, right. And I'll do so by going on a walk. Well, what's the difference between me walking and me sitting in my room staring at a, at a wall and thinking about the thing? Well, honestly, I don't necessarily know. But I, one thing I do know is that blood me, flow. Least, maybe, yeah, 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 honestly, that's a part blood of blood flow. flow. Yeah. yeah, no, seriously, increased it circulation to the brain. Yep, yep. Um, you have increased activity, you know, brain activity and efficiency, which is obviously going to help you make better decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and as such, you know, sometimes maybe that, that, the emotions of a conversation help stimulate blood flow and increase heart rate to people who are speaking. And as such, it's almost like they're hypothetical going for a walk. They're going for a walk of the heart in a way. Yes. Yeah, so by them right venting, they come to understand maybe more of themselves that they need to, to either heal, um, make a decision or just understand themselves more. Talk it out. So, they talk it out. And, right. and, and it's, yeah. And spiritually you can talk it out with God. Um, that's a whole other conversation, but I have found that sometimes I do highly recommend that you do it. <laughs> God will speak to you in your own voice sometimes. Uh, for those believers, if you're not just bear with me for a minute, he'll speak to you in, in, in voices of people that you you know before or signs of things you you recognize are kind of common light posts in your life. Things that kind of just it's more than a gut feeling. It's it's right. sometimes it's very concrete. Sometimes he <clears throat> shouts you, he yells at you. Yeah. Sometimes he yeah. yells at you. It really does. And um, 
which is a compliment to your gut, uh, and, and you know, a, a, an additional thing. Uh, you shape have, your gut, right? It, it shapes your gut. I mean, you have your free will, and then you have God, and 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 you have these guiding spirits. What you what you shouldn't do is just be impulsive and throw caution to the wind and be like, fuck it, woo, fuck it. Right. I love right. that. I, I inject, I inject that heroin today, right? Did you hear that? Yeah, I, I heard that. I inject. <laughs> so they're I, not I, thinking. I, um, there's right, no right. gut feeling. That the, the, it's just, I want to feel good. That's that's not really valuable counseling. Or, um, you know, you, you right. just, you, you go with a, a projection. What we listed it was a projection of mm-hmm. fear and anxiety, a paranoia, or an addiction, or something like that. That that is yeah. not based on 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 any fact or experience or spirituality at all. That's not your gut. That's that's like it's your heart in some sense, mm-hmm. you know. And the biblical sense is just trust your heart. Like, what's your heart? Like, what is that? Like that's just it's mm-hmm. you just going on the the whims of whatever the hell you feel at the moment. That's that's not what I'm right. recommending. I don't think that's what we're recommending you do. When I talk about no. trusting your gut, no, it, it's really the formation of all these things, and then um, which you might not have time to process because you have to make a decision pretty quickly. But given hindsight, eventually you will. And all my problems in my life have come from me not trusting my gut or people that were counselors to me that had experience um or, or your own or, prior, prior or god experience well, my own prior experience or or god uh, like just not listening to anybody or anything at all and being like fuck it you know i'm going to do it mm, don't do that at least listen to yourself because yourself you know, like it, there's a reason that you have gut feelings if you, you reason you get sick to your stomach when you're about to jump off a bridge because maybe you shouldn't do it, you know, yeah. or you're gonna eat that uh, moldy bread. You, ugh, maybe you should. Right. Maybe, you know? right. That's where it comes it's from. A, it's just another barrier of protection. The barrier you know? of protection. So I think the challenge for people listening to this is, like, oh yeah, we have gut feelings. So what? Fuck you, Paul. Of course I'm not. I'm not stupid. And I get it, but like to really analyze where that's coming from. So that you can better understand the information and experiences and fears and projections behind your gut feelings so that you can trust your gut a little bit better by, by listening to your internal counselor more wisely. Right? Right. Right. Yeah, right? right. That's like, that's the secret sauce. That's what therapy does for you. You go to therapy, you should go to therapy. I've never gone to therapy. You go to therapy. It's a beautiful thing. You can be most well-adjusted person in the world. Because therapy, talking therapy, it helps you with your gut. It helps you with all these, try to like make sense. You dig in to find out what the source is of whatever it is that ails you or or what the source of, of your successes are. It goes both ways. To kind of like strengthen those portions of you that help you be successful and, and to do more of that. And it helps talk it up with a counselor that kind of makes the jump from your gut feeling or your gut reaction or your impulse to reality and makes you understand that bridge. Mm-hmm. In fact, mm-hmm. the, the, the title of this thing should be the, the bridge to trusting your gut or something like that. The, the bridge mm-hmm. to 
the, the, the journey, the road, what would you suggest? Bridging the gap to your gut? What do you guys think? I mean, I, I bridging the gap sounds kind of nice. I'm not going to lie. I like that. Bridging the gap. I like that. Bridging the gap the... between your, your heart and your head, your gut and your, your heart. Um... Your gut, your head, your heart. That's a long. That's bridging the gap between your gut and reality. I don't know. Right, right. Uh, okay, and reality. All right, we're going to go with that. Facts. Facts, yo. Facts. Shit's real. Give me some facts. Well, sometimes you don't have the facts. So you have to trust your guy. Don't think front. about it. Give me the facts. Give me the facts. My father is an attorney, and he and he's and he's very logical, and he always says, "My boy, facts are your friends. Conjecture is your enemy." I because love that. Isn't that isn't that isn't that good? Can we get and, him on the uh, pod? I'd love to. He would talk about everything. It's brilliant. He doesn't even that's know I have what a podcast. I keep all this stuff separate from family. This it's a whole other conversation. There's no reason for it. But he would. He's a brilliant orator. He talked to you about history, Latin, Rome, you name it, law. Okay, no, um, no, we this isn't even an, a question. I'm I'm we'll get him telling on. you this. We need to get him on, yeah. We'll get him on. He's he's an atheist, so just warn you. But, that's fine. I don't know. Who did five years in the seminary in the Catholic Church? I'll probably make anyone an atheist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, all you Catholics. But um, yeah, it, it, fear is uh, fear is. Uh, ooh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, facts are your friends, and conjecture is your enemy, especially in the court of law, or um, especially. I mean, with law, it's everything, right? And uh, I mean, juries have feelings, but they still have to make the decisions based on facts. And and in the government. A lot of fact. It's a lot of fact-based stuff because you're following rules, you're following regulations, you're following order. Well, facts are, you know, the objective truths that are in alignment with reality. Uh-huh. And evidence points to them. Um, Bridge the gap it, between your gut and reality, and you'll you'll yeah. go a long way. Because you might not know the exactly. facts yet, but you have a feeling about it. Right, right. You have a feeling about it. Maybe I shouldn't go out with this person. Maybe I shouldn't invest in this Nigerian. Uh, you know, promise of riches. I don't know. My gut's telling me maybe this is not a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I shouldn't, uh, you know, drink on the job. Maybe I shouldn't, mm-hmm. you know, maybe this person who doesn't give a crap about me, maybe I shouldn't be like at their feet going, oh my God, you're amazing. And I just, it's funny, as someone who, myself, I am way more attuned to facts than I am feelings and emotions um, in many ways, in many ways. <laughs> But we are in a culture that is definitely aligning more with their feelings. Oh yes, than any pursuit of objective fact or truth. In fact, in fact, um, it's almost scared of objective facts and truth. <laughs> um, and in that sense, I feel like I get a very different perspective on a lot of issues and and just events, things in our modern day culture and such that, that the majority of people have. And I'm, I feel like I'm on a different mountain looking at it from a different perspective, like, wait a minute. And so I, I enjoy hearing, um, it's a great conversation to have. It's very pertinent to, um, I would say, especially millennials and Gen Z. Um, mm-hmm. 
And because uh, they don't almost, from my experience, a lot of Gen Zers, especially, but a lot of millennials too, don't even know how to think logically because they go no. purely by their gut, their heart, their emotion, their intuition. I, I, I mean, you can blame people like me who create art to make people think and feel. I'm all about thinking and feeling and remembering. That's a whole company, Anticipate Media. It's about anticipating the next thing by remembering feelings. There's like science that the whole company's based on right. to attach right. feelings so people remember. But that 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 connection between like facts, you know, what you should do in a fire yeah. or whatnot, yeah. and the feeling, and this is this is everything I I stand for is usually lost um, because right. you, you know Instagram beautiful pictures of you know beautiful people or like how many followers I can get or this whole the problem you're just talking about Gen Z uh, millennial um, sometimes it gets divorced from the meaning all these people that the creators on YouTube and God bless them I'm so happy you're creating instead of sitting there drinking beers and doing nothing with yourself but like most of it is just vapid pretty pictures of with no point like, right. and where, so, where's and the point my my, my overall philosophy on facts and, and feelings that it's not to compromise one by embracing the other, but rather I, it's, and because I like embracing facts so that I can harness and attune my feelings and attach them to the right things. Mm. As for example, when you build enough of a case via facts, if you're trying to meet someone, if you're, if you're critiquing or filtering out who you want as friends, when you have enough of the facts to filter out that pool of people, you're not going to grow attached and waste your time on people that, you know, because of just raw feeling are going to end yep. up wasting your time in one way or another, either yep. by betrayal, uh, disinterest, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, and as such, when I become attached to the right things, then I can let my emotions go rampant in a very secure and fantastic way, full of freedom and liberation. You know what I'm saying? And so it's not to compromise feeling and emotion, but rather to let them really experience fullness in a way that's not going to bring about an equal um, amount of devastation when it all comes crashing and burning. And I'm not saying that's 100% foolproof, because no, that's that would not be realistic or life, but um, it but sure it, helps. It, it, it is, and that's kind of like we, when we wrap this up here, it's like, we got there, bridging the gap between your gut and reality. You know, how, yeah. what, what your gut is trying to say, the sources of information from your gut, and, and how to better inform yourself and your, and, 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 uh, and, and what the hell is the word? Interpret, thank you. Mm-hmm. Interpret mm-hmm. your gut feelings to help make the best decision. Because sometimes you have to make a snap decision, you have to make a quick one. Right. They right. really got to like embrace, like, why am I feeling this way? And what is it? And like, what are all the information sources that are causing me to feel this way? And then, okay, I know it's this, that, and this that's informing my gut. And while I can't articulate it right now, I should probably go this way. Mm-hmm. Versus simply feelings, which are based on God knows what, projections right, right. or fear. Projections or fear for projections <laughs> of paranoia. Right, or just yeah. how you want to feel, or just you want to feel great. I want to feel great. Everyone wants to feel great. I want attention. Mm-hmm. Give me attention, Chris. Come on. That's my That's gut feeling. Right. I right. need attention. Yeah. Um, 
And and, uh, and if you do all this stuff, you'd be better off. We just saved a, a life tonight, I think. We saved somebody. Yeah, and I think the point of any of these conversations, because we don't always have the answers or like a, an no, in-depth no. knowledge on a topic, but the point is to promote human flourishing. And that mm. sense is that, you know, when we when we say check our gut, it's because we want to help your own decisions navigate you properly through seasons, tough seasons, yes, yes. difficult seasons, yes. confusing seasons. Mm. And when you know, when we get to enjoy them, which hopefully is more often than not, the great seasons. And yes. So um yes. we we want yes, yeah, yeah. And so that's what we and so if anyone has any, you know. If someone's much more well versed on this than we are. I think they have I'm something sure. great to contribute. You know, write to us, email us, uh, jump on the show yourself, um, and uh, you know, let's further this discussion. I think there's so much more to mine from this topic that we probably haven't even gone into tonight. But, oh, you know, uh, and and so what, you know, what? trust trust each other, trust a good friend, trust mentors, build up your gut, and when it becomes trustworthy. Trust it. Mm. Oh, what a great ending. What a great yeah. ending. You boss my letter. You got it great. <laughs> if you had an actual well, mic, you, you could drop it right now. Right. <laughs> You're right. I, you know, because we can, well, I, I, I came up with this topic while I was working out. I was like, what can we talk about? Like, one of these things I've, you know, I've always thought about is like trusting your gut and like, you know, making these decisions. And I really mm-hmm. started thinking about it, like really thinking like, what, what is your gut? And how does it, and we, we work through all this in the show. And uh, I love how Chris and I can take a topic and just run with it with the idea to help you, the listener, and ourselves live better and more richly. And that's the idea. We're help. We want to help all of you listeners and all of us live a better, more rich and profound life. Right. We want to do that through rigorous conversation, debate, having, you know, when we want to bring on Phil, he's going to show, he's going to give you a great story. And, And, you know, there's so much from that from him that any you know, both of us, anyone else listening, is going to find so enriching. You know, whether it's habits, mindsets, uh, um, you know, spiritual uh, mm-hmm. example that you're going to say, "Wow, like that that is fantastic." I can I can learn from that, and that can help enrich me because ultimately, um, you know, we're commanded to love each other as. Jesus has loved us and like we love ourselves. And yes. well, what do we do? We want to enrich ourselves. We want to enrich each other. That's hard. Especially it, each other. It's it's not easy because everybody wants to, you know, self-preserve and move up and <laughs> and and get get more this, that, and the other thing. And but uh right. ultimately true love is given without an expectation of of right. receipt. The form I'm gonna give of a love, quick example of exactly what you just said go ahead, without please. receipt. So in history. Um, at school, we are showing our students a documentary on North Korea, right? Mm. So long story short, there's this Nepalese doctor who understands that North Koreans are in a horrible emotional and spiritual state due to the indoctrination of a communist dynastic dictatorship for decades, right? These people are not in a good place mentally, emotionally, and physically. Bad and a lot of these... B. Right. And a lot of these people from the age of 25 to 40 have developed cataracts due to malnourishment Mm. and lifestyle. So this doctor is going there and removing cataracts from people who have been blind for years. 
And it's so crazy how immediately um, these people can see and they start giving all the glory and praise, literally giving glory and praise like you would Jesus, you know, to Kim Jong, the, the, the leader of North Korea, as if he himself. And it's, it's ironic because he is the one whose policy has gotten them into this situation. Mm-hmm. He is not the healer or the, 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 their savior salvation in this by any means, but yet they're giving him the glory. So they're still blind spiritually, even though they're not blind of physically, which is ironic. But what you just said, and, and Phil mentioned this today, where he was like, you know, isn't this a great example of true love, though? That he knows this doctor is going to get none of the thanks, none of the gratitude, none of what he rightfully deserves for risking his life and going out to help these people who, quite frankly, he doesn't need to. It's not doing anything for the world in the sense that it's helping promote a better economy or trade because it's not because they're a pariah state. He's doing it just because he wants to help people that desperately need help in so many different ways. And again, he's, he doesn't get any reciprocation, any glory, any thanks whatsoever from these people because they're giving it all to the dictator. And as such, it's still it's still a great example of agape love. Love that oh, he's, he's got it in here. He, he's following through. Right. It's, it's chosen. A, a right. He chooses it. And his intent is not by any means to self-promote, self-glorify, no. or to indulge in, in, in pride. It's, it's just simply to give. And I feel like when we say you want to be enriched, many people think that the best way to do it is to self-promote, self-gratify, and, and focus on yourself. But I, I, I say and speak a different path. What if we are most enriched when we help enrich? Mm. I mean, you got to take care of yourself. And, of course, you got to hustle. But I'm saying, like, that's not oh. all of it. For sure. Because you can't rich anybody sure. else if you don't take, you know, have a good foundation. But sure. I mean, that's a big re- revelation to me. It was just like love each other as you want to be loved yourself. And that that's so powerful of a gift that you can give. And 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 there's another episode. We'll have to do another other episode. I kind of talked about it in a previous one, but not really. But that doesn't mean being a doormat. But it means volunteering, it means giving, it means, you know, giving something of yourself that's not going to cause harm to you to give and enriches you as a person. Um, volunteering, I think, is a, is a big thing. So that's a whole complex topic because you can give, 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 and never take care of yourself. You also have to give to yourself. But um, just taking, taking, taking is, is it's like a, you're a parasite. You know? it's, it's destructive. And it's absolutely you don't destructive. End up ever, you never find what you're seeking. No, and you end up in a, in a spiral. It's good right. to eat all that ice cream. I've done it. But then you're just fat afterwards. <laughs> What'd you do? <laughs> but if you brought some kid over who, who, who never had ice cream before or never made it, and you made the ice cream with them, and you both ate it together, and you enriched some kid's life. It's, you know, And you learn a lot. Yeah. You learned a lot yeah. together and grow, and that kid will always remember that moment. It's like when I made pizza. Papagenos when I was like 10. I mean, you never forget it. You never forget it. When I make films with my son, those are the greatest moments. You never forget them. Versus just making something on my own, you know? Right. I want to share right. with you. We want to share with you. That's why we make this podcast. We love you. Uh, work at anticipatemedia.com, anticipate underscore media 
Bauer C, I think you are on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and, and to underscore media, I am on Instagram as well. Um, I wanted to say one thing, just follow up with the previous show, um, because I did a lot of thinking about it. This is in regards to my church, it used to be your church. Um, for now, I'm still calling Hillsong my home because I have faith uh, that they will learn from all these mistakes and uh, and grow from it. I think, I really do think, I really, 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 really think that the falling of Carl Lentz and that whole mess needed to happen to, and, and Bob, Bobby and, uh, and uh, oh my God, I forgot the pastor's name. The, the big guy, Brian Houston, mm, yes. that they're stepping back, that all of this kind of had to happen so that the purpose of Hillsong to kind of bring secrets to God, like their corporate purpose, serving Jesus could actually happen better. Right. So right. like the Phoenix rises from fire. I really think all that had to happen, and maybe God knew it was going to happen, and it all was for good. <clears throat> That's yeah, my yeah. hope, um, and that uh, I see already a lot of changes in, uh, in the way things are being handled there, and right. I just hope that people learn learn from that. You know, It could have been a lot worse. It could have been the Catholic Church and abuse and cover-ups. Right. So, but at the same time, you know, I mean, all great sins start out with small seeds, and so well, I that's think... Well, that's what we have uh, to... Right. We have to and, and I and absolutely look at facts, right? agree and and desire to see the same thing as you. Um, that 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 entire organization, you know, because they've never been all bad by any means. Um, no, 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 no. I mean, but that, right, but that they would seek to repent when repentance and where repentance is needed, mm-hmm. um, corporately and individually, and that they would. Seek his restoration and seek his will because that's the promise that when we, for those who love him, all things will work out, you know, for good. And, and so that it's conditional, though. It's not just, oh, all things. That's the thing. That's the one thing the world will say is all things work out for good. Well, that's not true. That, that's no, just not, not true. No. But the promise is, well, if you pursue and seek God and yes. biblical understanding, then, yes, all things will work out for good. Will work and out so, for good. Maybe not for you, but they'll work out for good. <laughs> just remember right. that. But if it's, if it's yeah. working out for good. In the end, whatever is good will still be good for you. Yes, yes, yes. No matter what that looks like. It's just a beautiful be. it's a beautiful right. contract, if you will, and it's on that we should do a whole episode on it. And and and, the, and that's the thing is I think you know, churches like Hillsong, it's not that God being good is anti-biblical all the time. It's not biblical. That's, that's very biblical, obviously. You know, he is good. He literally is good. That's where good the word good comes from, it comes from God. It's a derivative of the word God. <laughs> Because um, only and Jesus himself said, like, why do you call me good? Because only God is good, you know. Mm-hmm. And so there is a deep connection there. God literally is good, like not just a cheap little phrase, you know, that's milked way too often. Literally. But like, it, yeah. but theologically, like, yes, he he is good. Good is God. That's where the the term good and evil that he's the objective measuring, you know, that reference point by which we can define good and evil. But anyway, um. He does want good. The thing is, it's just, it's just that we have to walk and tread that fine line, good on his terms, because it's a surrendering to him. He knows what we need. He knows what we want. But he also knows what is best 
to him, we're still like that four-year-old kid, you know, even us, oh, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll think I've been through so much. I've read the Bible so many times. I have degrees and things mm-hmm. and, you know, to um, his ways are higher than our ways. And, and to him, we are still, but a babbling infant. And so, you know, <laughs> he, I mean, he's the yeah. adult in the room and he knows what's good. And we have to trust and we have to trust that he will always provide and do what is good for us. And that's faith. That's true faith. The nature of faith. My dad actually says it's tough. Faith. It's tough. Real it's, true yeah. faith is standing on a diving board over an abyss and jumping. Right. Goes, that's true faith. He asked me, do you really have right. faith? Because he started, when I started going to church, he thought it was just like, Oh, it's church, like whatever. But I really thought of like, oh, I'm just doing it to, you know, go sing songs and whatnot. And and I really thought about what he said. And I said, I do, I really do. And it's it served me really well. And nobody yeah. can take that yeah. away from me. You know, nobody can take my faith away from me. But I, uh, I, I would love to talk to your dad because I feel like, you know, he's gonna amazing. have a lot of great things to say. And I would say it is like jumping off the diving board, but it's also knowing, you know, with the facts behind it that you're gonna jump into a pool of water and not just an empty pool and smash your head. On the bottom well, of the pool, yeah, you he know would, what I'm saying? He would differ with that. He's like, true, right. true faith, like real faith. You don't know what's there. Well, you, you know, I would you say know, you, by what you, definition? The biblical definition of faith is um, the assurance of things unseen, and there's evidence to 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 hmm. back up those things that are unseen. It's not yeah, you blind. Just jump and, you wouldn't just yeah, jump. That, right. That's talking blind faith. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's a faith, yeah, but yeah, that's yeah, not yeah, the yeah, faith yeah, that yeah. we're commanded to have. Jesus never said have blind faith. That's never what he said. Right. <laughs> I think that pool's always... full of glory. I just can't see it. Right. <laughs> well, you know, I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah, that's and a good so... point. That's a very good point. Right. Right. And, he was, and I think there's a lot of misconception there that people think that Jesus and, and has told us to, Oh, blindly believe me. No, he, that's when he was walking and, and operating on earth, which, you know, we're almost to Easter, the glorious resurrection. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did he do? He healed. He taught, he preached, he walked, he was around. He showed the people who he was. He then did. he said, you know, believe me, follow me. He didn't just say, oh, hey, by the way, uh, you never met me before. You don't know me. Follow me. There's right, a huge right, difference. Right, 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 There's right, a huge yeah. difference. You yeah. know, doubting Thomas. And that's the thing is he had so much grace to even work with those who doubted and weren't quite ready to make the move. Or people who said they were ready to make the move and still didn't. Like Peter, you know, surely not I, Lord. And he's like, no, before this clock strikes, like, you know, 12, yeah. you're going to betray me three times. Then there's Thomas, who he's just like, I want to believe, but I, I need some proof. And he goes, hey, put your finger through the hole in my hand. I'm back, baby. I'm back. Yeah. And Thomas followed. So, you know. Um, that's good. I, that's, I, like, I that's, like how you followed up on that. It's good. It's, yeah, that's, like, yeah that's, you're right. Faith is, faith is jumping, but knowing, you know, understanding what you're jumping into. Right. And, and knowing that, you know, hey, you can trust it. Now, there's yeah. still, you know, it, but it's, it, and think about it. We put our faith in things every day. We put our faith in things every day. We do. We do. You know, we, we trust that our car is not going to break down and get us to work on time. We, we trust that, you know, we're going to, mm. you know, we can, we can take ourselves to work on a bike or we trust, uh, you know what I'm saying? There's so many things. We trust people. We trust that, you know, oh, this alcohol is going to make me happy. And, and there's significantly less evidence to suggest that <laughs> yeah, we still do it. You know, Didn't make you happy tonight. Um, I mean, you have the beer there. Right. You know, that's, that's the human uh, paradox, but, but that's why we have conversations. And yes. you know, another thing that's important to both of us is that our, our conversations are seasoned with grace and love um, and truth, you know, whether it's hard truth, whenever necessary, but it's because we love, we because do. we love. And um, we love all of you, even if you, you hate know? us. 
Yeah, especially if you hate us. Um, yes. And so, yeah, everyone. Yes, thank this you. This is episode nine. Episode nine. Episode ten the, will come. I'm going to get Phil on here. Ten. I hope um, Phil will be on for ten. Uh, or maybe he's going to he's going to give us a show. He's going to he's going to take us on a ride. We're going to talk about science. Phil, is that going to be a history show? It's going to be. It's going to be history. It's going to be faith. It's going to be relationships. It's going to be the peaks of life, the valleys of life. You know, the well, highs and the lows. It, what, does he work with you? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so he's a school teacher, yep. right? Yes, he is. All right. He's, what, a, he's a school teacher. He would say, "I'm a part-time school teacher." He goes, "I'm a father. Hmm. I'm a teacher. I'm a husband." But my my identity that trumps all of those. He goes, "I'm a servant of the Most High King." Jesus Christ. So, you know, uh, and just like all of us, we do many things throughout the day. We're not We're one the men thing. Are, our, our profession, the men. These are men. Yeah, our These professions don't define us. They're a part of what we do, but they yeah. certainly don't define us. Well, we'll get Phil on. And, they shouldn't, and, and yeah, you're not going we'll uh, to. We'll do two-hour one. Like a whole career. This is like. It very well may be. It, it's Boston one of those shows that honestly, yeah. I think we should just be like, okay, let's just, we have until now until we have to go to bed. Whether it's an hour or five, who cares? We'll just we'll let it go. It. You know? We'll do it. Um, and so, I mean, Joe Rogan goes on for three hours with Kanye West, and I didn't understand any of it. Right, <laughs> right. He, he, he does that routinely. Um, I love yeah. Joe Rogan. Uh, I do. I mean, I love, I love I, Kanye. Yeah, <laughs> and Kanye so, loves Kanye too. Kanye, yeah, ah. yeah, that, that is true. <laughs> But so uh, awesome. All right. Thank you very yeah. much, everybody. You know how to find us. We already did that part. Um, so much to talk about. Just keep loving each other, and um, we'll see you very we'll hear from well, you'll hear us. Yeah. We won't see you at all. We'll hear we might if you're friends of ours. We will hear from you. <laughs> Please go on iTunes, Stitcher, um, Spotify, wherever you hear us, and leave a rating. That is very helpful to help people find the show. Got to use the algorithm, whatever they say on YouTube. So please just give us some five star reviews, four if you want to be an asshole, and and, and we appreciate it very much, <laughs> very much. Love God you guys. bless all of you. Uh, goodbye. Until next time.